Welcome to The Stump, the podcast about political campaigning in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, North Carolina, and all points to America. My name is Herb White, and with me for this episode is Davidson College political science professor, Dr. Susan Roberts. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm sheltering at home. <laughs> yeah, we all are. I don't necessarily yeah. have a man cave, but uh, it's it's an unusual spot to podcast from. That is true. <laughs> but uh, in terms of from where we last spoke, Super Tuesday has taken place. The results are in, and Joe Biden cleaned up in North Carolina. And the next thing you know, he runs up a few more wins along the way. And then COVID-19, the pandemic, takes over, and that's all anybody can talk about. And everything is on hold, uh, including political campaigns. Is this not the weirdest political season ever? Um, it is so strange because this is the time when we were starting to get really inundated with, um, with ads for down-ballot races, and Trump was trailing every um, state race and every rally that Biden had or, you know, he was trailing them all over the country. So you not only had Biden rallies, uh, Sanders rallies, you had Trump rallies. And um, uh, these just, you know, uh, I think Trump was a little, uh, he was probably the, the last to say no more rallies. But I mean, of course, um, he had to do that almost immediately after they did. But um, I... Um, you know, I don't know if you could, um, that it's even, I, I was going to use the word unseemly, but I don't know exactly if that's correct or there's a better word, but I think some people might be insulted by a lot of active campaigning for, you know, running for office. And I guess that's for the reasons that we would imagine. It's a national pandemic, it's a global pandemic, and there are bigger issues than Asking somebody for your vote, right? Yes, and um, I think um, you know we, you know, you don't have to be a political science to say it takes money and it takes turnout. Well, right now we can't even think in terms of turnout, and fundraising is um, is very dicey right now. The Republicans actually have put out something, excuse me, from the RNC that said it's okay to continue to fundraise, but be sensitive uh, that some of your donors may have suffered losses. Uh, during the pandemic and you know that's um, you can't always know who has suffered whether it's you know your job your um, 401k whatever it is it's taken a, a plummet and even business owners small business owners that's a real um, stable for the Republicans but I think the fundraising is problematic and the turnout trying to generate turnout um, to win these not for the Republicans, not for Trump, but for Sanders and Biden, um, that's difficult too. And you can't have any turnout. Um, you can't have any kind of rally if you're a state and local candidate. So what is a candidate to do when all of these avenues are now cut off? Well, I think some of them, if the, you know, the Biden and, um, and Sanders are having more the kind of virtual town halls, um, I think they're having some in um, different states. I think they were uh, planning some in, um, uh, where was it, um, in Colorado and, um, and some others. And uh, they've gone to just 
say, well, here you can call in. And it's not something that really appeals to a lot of, of Democratic voters, because I think it's one of the things that when you have Republicans and Democrats, Democrats um, are really not ones that are maybe as sophisticated in getting and having the Wi-Fi and being able to connect. We're having to do Zoom classes here at Davidson, and I've got students, and again, this is not partisan, but from different parts of the country that are having, you know, difficulty connecting to the Internet. Uh, things are going down, and so I think it really means uh, instead of the face-to-face, uh, instead of um, getting to, to meet a candidate, this is so, as I said to my friend, I said, this is so anti-Iowa. I mean, this is everything now that Iowa um, tried to be in terms of there's no personal persuasion. Um, it just, it's preempted every concern except uh, the coronavirus and and even the, the nightly news, which would give candidates, um, especially local candidates and state candidates, uh, the kind of earned media, the free media that they can get, someone following around and looking at Cal Cunningham and looking at TELUS and talking about where they were. That's not going on. So there's, you know, there's paid media, which is difficult for some of the lower races. And then there's the, the free media. And because people aren't doing anything, uh, there's no free media to be had. Yeah. And so when you talk about this is so it's like a counterintuitive kind of thing where American politics is built on slapping backs, shaking hands, kissing babies. All of that stuff is out the window now. So does it become a technology race almost in terms of this is what you have to this is the only way that you can really campaign effectively? Well, I think um, I think you're exactly right. I mean, even when um, you know um, the Republicans have an edge when it comes to talk radio, but people aren't driving to work, and so they're not even listening to the radio, which is also another way uh, to communicate. And I think um, getting to know a candidate personally is, um, uh, or at least say, I'm going to a rally. I'd like to see Joe Biden. I'd like to see. Bernie Sanders. So it's much more important for the Democrats, but it's also important for every other candidate, Republican or Democrat, down ballot, because um, you're just not getting out. You're not seeing them. Um, they may not have uh, the virtual town halls or the, the campaign rallies. And you would really have to be paying attention to those races to um, figure out when are they going to have one. You'd have to really almost be a committed primary voter and uh, committed to um, following the campaigns. I mean, I, I'm as guilty as anyone. I, you know, you, you just get to, I didn't really know until I looked this up, how many states had postponed or changed their um, primaries um, because you just weren't paying attention. It's very difficult to get people to pay attention to anything else. If someone said it's coronavirus campaigning, which is, as you point out, a completely different creature from what we've been used to. Yeah. So you have... The- a possible fallback if you're a candidate, maybe. And help me to understand this. If you are in North Carolina and the hot race will be the Senate, the U.S. Senate race, and probably yeah. the governor's race in addition to yeah. the presidential stuff. And it's April 3rd. You don't have to worry about the primary because that's already passed you. Do we yeah. not have a bit of a grace period if you're a candidate between now and when people traditionally start to focus on November elections, which is uh, which is September generally? 
Yeah, well, and uh, back in, as they say, back in the day, it used to be campaigns started around Labor Day, and um, and that's gone. You know, now we have perpetual campaign. But I think there's really a, a law in which even if someone were televising ads or um, or getting you know some kind of um, you know buying ads in the newspaper. I don't think that people are paying attention. I just don't think they have the stomach for it right now. They're just more worried about, should I go out? Should I wear a mask? How am I going to get groceries? How am I going to get um, money for next month's rent? Um, and so I don't even, I think there is a law, and that might be a nice one for the candidates and for the American people, because sometimes we don't learn much more uh, as the races go on. And... Um, I think Biden has said, we don't need to debate anymore. In fact, I really haven't paid attention if there's another debate scheduled. I think there is, uh, but I'm not even sure because I've been so concerned with how do I teach remotely and all these other questions. But um, I think that to really talk about the change in how we get our information, um, you know, nobody's yard signs. People aren't driving anywhere, um, even simple things. Um, but I think since we've had the primary, there's... Um, uh, there's a little bit of a lull, and we can kind of rest easy that um, things aren't going to change dramatically. And, um, you know, the candidates themselves, I think, are being very sensitive to talking about um, electoral politics, and, and no one I, that I know of is really making the coronavirus, um, except maybe some newscasters, making it political. And so I, I think that's a good thing, but it is one of those questions in which People are looking, and they're looking for leadership. And um, one thing that I want to mention in case um, it doesn't come up, and that is people are starting to pay more attention to the fact that governors and mayors have a lot of autonomy with what they do in terms of declaring state of emergencies or any kind of shelter at, in place or stay-at-home orders. And so you're starting to see that people might be paying more attention to what governor of uh, Florida, it, who the governor of Florida is, and um, how maybe they reacted um, uh, a little bit Johnny-come-lately to the, the stay-at-home orders. Do you think then that coronavirus will ultimately become a political issue? And I know you said that people aren't necessarily trying to exploit it right now, but if you're talking about leadership, ultimately that's what politicians are expected to do. Will that become the defining campaign point moving forward as opposed to let's say health care or business or whatever well i think that um there still are a number of um and this is you know i don't know this except that i read this but there are um, a number of you know really hardcore trump supporters that still see much of this as a hoax and, and that's hard to believe, but they still see the, that it's been exaggerated by the Democrats. And that's something that I think, unfortunately for all of us, that um, uh, President Trump didn't try to really uh, dispel uh, that and really almost said that it was being aggravated. And so people are going to look and make their judgment on how things progress. It's going to be difficult for people to go back maybe and resurrect some of the older Trump descriptions of the coronavirus and use them. That's where the Democrats have to really walk a fine line into making it. And there have been some commercials already that talk about the lack of leadership on uh, the part of President Trump. So they're going to have to really um, be careful about that. They're looking for leadership um, in the president. Um, 
they can't really look at leadership um, and uh, a candidate that isn't holding elective office because they're just not able to do that. They can be kind of a consoler in chief or they can be someone with some wisdom, but they can't really say, I'm voting for this, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm giving you updates because local officials have been, I've been getting local updates from um, state senators, uh, state reps about here's what's going on. That's a way that you can keep your name out there. And I wouldn't say that they're campaigning, but name recognition means a lot. And so if you're able to connect with voters maybe once a week uh, and you're an incumbent, um, that really, uh, it's not campaigning in the, in the traditional sense, but it gets your name out there. And um, people uh, associate that with let's leave, leave the people in there. That are in it. So it's, gonna, it's going to help incumbents. Um, if you look at you know the down ballot races, I don't know, have no idea what he's what it's going to do on President Trump. I mean, his approval rating ticked up, um, and, and some of that is to be expected. But you know where it ticked up was not just with um, the um, uh, Republicans; it picked up with some Democrats as well when he started to come and be a little more serious and really a little more forceful about the response to the coronavirus. So when you talk about incumbents and name recognition, obviously they have that built-in advantage. So if you are not an incumbent, you're a challenger, you're looking to displace somebody who's been there for a cycle or many cycles, uh, what can you use in terms of tools to be able to get that name recognition up during this type of of, uh, unprecedented event? Well, I think um, one of the only ways you can get your name out there is to probably do some uh, television commercials or um, you can't even go down to, and this would be like free media if um, Cal Cunningham went out uh, to work in a soup kitchen or to, to go um, visit some, you know, a community that had, had a, you know, uh, a natural disaster or something like that. You can't even go there. And so I think what you can do as, as a non-incumbent is just maybe talk about values. Um, and um, uh, you can't, you know, you can't really be an aggressive candidate because I just don't think people want to hear it. You know, I don't, I think they're... Um, the, the local news and much of the cable news is, you know, nonstop coronavirus. People are afraid, and they really are reading books or playing, you know, working puzzles or binge-watching, and it isn't, <laughs> it isn't one with uh, television commercials if they can help it. So I think that they really have to go um, on the air, um, and, um, and that's really difficult for a lot of candidates to do that are down-ballot. Yeah. It, it, to that end, because presidential elections have a tendency to suck all the oxygen out of a campaign, does, yeah. that, it, does that even multiply that issue for folks who are down ballot? Let's say you're running for, uh, let's say, state auditor or yeah. or the agriculture commissioner. You know, folks, the first question that's going to come up with a lot of people is, who are these folks? <laughs> exactly. And... Um, you know, they, they might not recognize the name. They might not even say, what does that do? And, and there can't be, and they, they're not going to be able to easily talk to their friends to get cues like, oh, you think so-and-so is good? Oh, okay. I haven't looked at it, but if, you know, if you think, um, 
Sam Smith is a is a good choice for state auditor. I'm good enough for me. So that you can't even talk casually um, uh, among friends to say, you know, to kind of convey information about some of the more local races because you don't have name recognition. You probably have, have far less money. And um, there's just no vehicle. Um, one of the things that, you know, not right now, but later down uh, the road when it gets closer to the election, um, turnout lately has been, you know, the door knock, the people that knock on the door, they leave the, the flyers on the door handle. And, and that, takes, um, that takes people. And um, I think, you know, I really do think things will be um, better um, by November. I don't know how cautious people, I think there'll be uh, a change in the caution level. I think people are going to be much more cautious about large rallies and things like this. But Bernie Sanders feeds off those rallies. Trump feeds off those rallies. And um, lesser known candidates, you know, um, you know, they may have the Mallard Creek Church barbecue <laughs> that helps them, but, um, you know, they're, they really don't have an ability to go anywhere and generate some free publicity by a rally or a factory gate. And Herb, I think it's, it's, um, it's transformative in our lives, and it it's may have changed politics for a very long time. Now, that is interesting because you hear so much about, well, we will never go back to the way it was pre-pandemic. And folks are trying to figure out now the clues to how society and how the way we live will change. So if I ask you to put on your Karnak, the Magnificent yeah. hat, and look into your crystal ball, how would you see campaigning changing now that this pandemic is upon us and, and how things will not go back to where it was? Does that mean kissing babies will be out and more digital campaigning or something else? Well, I think it means more digital campaigning, um, but not exclusively. But I think, um, and I, this is my view, and I haven't read it anywhere. It's probably out there. Nothing's original. But I think you'll, you will see, perhaps, I would say you'll see less negative campaigning because I don't think people want to see, um, uh, you know, you know, one attacking someone else. I think, you know, they just really candidates might get less mileage out of ugly negative campaigns during whatever this is, whatever you want to call this transformative um, pandemic uh, in terms of our lives and what we look to say and take take as important. Um, so that's one kind of, I'll take a leap with that. You might have less negative campaigning. And, and more digital, but I think you people still want to connect with a candidate personally. I just don't know how um, how uh, how feasible or um, you know advisable larger rallies might be. Um, you know, um, I just I have no idea. And even holding a news conference, you know, that might even be problematic for a, a candidate to hold a news conference. Um, that's more likely to have to happen than a big rally. Now that's one. Uh, that, that's an interesting take that you have there. That there will be fewer attack ads and negative campaigning because you know it's been proven time and time again that voters will respond to their fears <laughs> as opposed to their hopes. Yeah, and, and and I think you know maybe we want more hope now instead of um, increased fear. And um, uh, you know people always bemoan negative campaigning, but if it didn't work. 
you wouldn't see it. <laughs> and um, and so campaign consultants are pretty convinced that it does work. And um, I don't know. Uh, that's just me kind of taking a Karnak leap and saying, uh, let's see if this doesn't happen. And I hope it does. I hope it does curb some of the negative campaigns. But I don't like the way we're getting there. Yeah. So now to wrap this up, is there something that maybe I've missed that we should know or that you would surprise us with in terms of this is something that you need to look out for between now and election day? Well, I think um, I think people need to look out for any kind of um, uh, issues that are divisive in terms of, of class uh, and socioeconomic status. Um, I think those are some things that if people start to exploit those, uh, no matter what candidate, that would be a very dangerous place for us to go. And I also think, too, people will need to look carefully. And I'll leave you with this. The president of the United States cannot cancel uh, the November election. And, um, you know, any changes that come about in terms of mail-in uh, elections and such, that's that's the purview of the states. So we might see more mail-in uh, ballots. But I think in a state like North Carolina, they're a bit more skeptical about that. Really? As far as mail-in? Uh, yes, um, because I think, you know, there have been so many, uh, there's been a move towards making it um, uh, more intricate to vote in person. You know, do I need a photo ID? Do I not need a photo ID? And there's been so much skepticism. Um, the Republicans have looked at it as um, uh, election protection, and the Democrats have said this, this really is um, voter suppression. And um, I just think this, they could raise so many kind of red flags, some of the Republicans in the state house. And it's, it's not exclusively a Democrat or Republican issue, but the Republicans have been the ones that have moved these, you know, voter um, ID laws more. And I think that they'd be really reluctant. We have made charges of voter fraud and election fraud. I think they'd be more reluctant to say, let's have uh, mail-in election because it could be more, it would, it would allow for more um, fraudulent behavior, voter fraud. Okay. Now that I could be wrong with too, but I think that um, I think you have to seriously look at some of the, the southern states and and mail-in because you know so you have mail in Alaska. There's a reason for that. Um, mail in in Hawaii. There's a reason for that. <laughs> um, but mail in in Mississippi, I'm just not sure. And that is interesting because especially since North Carolina has eliminated uh, straight ticket voting, you know that yeah. takes away one more possible remedy for some voters because now you probably do need to be in person casting a ballot because you have to mark every race that you want to have a candidate in. Yeah, and if you're um, if you're already, I mean, some people say, I don't know anything about this race. You're going to leave it blank. And the people that really are, you know, key operatives will be voting for those races or they'll be getting their name out and that costs money. Um, because you're not going to stand in line and say, hey, do you know anything about this person for, um, you know, um, uh, the um, commissioner of labor? Um, you know, so I think it's, it's going to cost more money for some people to really get the attention that they deserve. And, um, and, and challengers are having challengers and quality challengers. That's, the way, that's what we hope we have in a democracy. And if we make it so incumbent heavy, that's not a good thing. Very good, very good. So, 
Thank you once again, uh, Davidson College political science professor and guru of all things political, <laughs> Dr. Susan Roberts. I appreciate you joining us for the stump this time around. And for our listeners out there, of course, you can get the stump downloaded on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple News, as well as our website, thecharlottepost.com, where we are covering all kinds of coronavirus stuff. But yeah. uh, with this particular podcast, it's a little something to help you get your mind off that and maybe for you political junkies to have something to chew on and ponder as well as uh, you can reach us through social media as well Twitter Facebook Instagram Snapchat you know all the all the suspects and for the good professor Dr. Roberts well, I've got a lot of time on my hands now so you just call anytime <laughs> <laughs> so I've, and we appreciate you joining us again my name is Herb White Thanks for listening.